Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's really great to be with you all. And I'm really excited to welcome um, my friend, a returning guest to the show today, um, Heather Thompson-Day. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because we've been talking about it for a long time. Yes, we have. It feels like we've been talking about it for nearly, like, I don't know, forever because uh, we both love story uh, and... Uh, but we also both love Taylor Swift. Who is the queen of story. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, unless you've been living under a under a brick or with no internet for the last year. Right. Um, you all know, everyone that, um listening, you will know that Taylor Swift dropped two albums last year. Um, Evermore and Folklore. Folklore was the first one. Evermore was the second one. Uh, and as well as a documentary movie about the making of folklore, and when all these these things came out, um, Heather and I were talking a lot on Twitter about um, how Taylor is a storyteller and the power of story because we both believe in the power of story to to change our lives. And uh, and we thought, wow, why don't we talk about this in a podcast? So that's what today is all about. Um, so. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about this because I love talking about story. I love talking about the creative process and I love talking about Taylor Swift. So uh, I know you do as well. So um, so where did your your journey with Taylor Swift begin? So I have loved Taylor before anybody else even knew who Taylor was. I was singing Taylor songs I mean, should have said no. I was singing songs um, by her. I think I would have been still in high school, if not a freshman in college. So a lot of people weren't aware of her. And I had found her online, I think. And I just fell in love, honestly, from the very beginning with her ability to tell a story from her own life, but make me feel like it was happening to me. I felt like the stories she told were so relatable that these were experiences I've lived too. And so I just fell in love with her. And then I went through, I called off my wedding two months before I was supposed to get married. And it was literally Taylor Swift albums that got me. I think she released Fearless in the same summer that I had called off my wedding. And so I just drowned myself in Fearless and became an even more avid Taylor Swift fan, Taylor Nation president since then wow fantastic fantastic yeah my story with taylor is a bit different i remember fearless i do i actually got that album uh i love that album and that was a long time ago now i can't even remember when but then i kind of tailed off didn't really listen to her for a while uh and what got me really curious what got me interested again, in Taylor, was um, Reputation, um, which was 2017, I think. Um, because, and the thing was, and actually what grabbed me was the cover, or just the cover of the album. I was like, this is different. This isn't the Taylor Swift we've known for however long she's been, she's been around. This is different. She's going through a different personal journey, a different creative journey. Something's happening. Uh, and I and I was curious about what that was and what that sounded like and and you know when I heard the music as well it was like well yeah this is a different this is a different direction this is 
yeah, someone who's on a personal journey. And I was, and from then on, I was kind of gripped by the whole, the whole thing. And um, and obviously saw the documentary that was on Netflix, yeah, which was really powerful. Um, and showed you a bit more about Taylor's creative process and um, and her journey. And that was a really powerful thing too. Uh, and that's, I think, then after that, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm just, I'm sold, you know. <laughs> and then, of course, this year, I mean, this year, this last 12 months, you know, with um, Evermore Folklore, you know, just incredible storytelling. Um, as someone who loves story, who loves someone who thinks in story, someone who is a writer, it's, um, yeah, I think I've learned a lot about story from from Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I just want to go back to the Reputation album. That album was born out of the chaos that was the Kim and Kanye situation where everybody online started calling her a snake and a liar. And so she, this is the genius of her and and even deeper than the storytelling, which I think is her most important attribute. Also just her like business sense and her ability as a woman to control the narrative, control the story, right? So everybody's calling her a snake. And so then she creates reputation, which is her essentially casting herself as the character that she's saying, you've already decided I am, right? So she she had always portrayed herself as this Miss Americana, which is what we see in the Netflix documentary. But reputation was her kind of just saying, oh, okay, you think I'm these things. Okay, I'll be that. I can be whatever you need me to be to make you feel better about the situation that you're in, right? And so then we see songs like I Did Something Bad, which is her really like this alter ego of her personality coming out and telling these different stories and Getaway Car and things like that. So that album to me is super unique because it's not Taylor as we know Taylor. It's Taylor portraying herself as the image that she believed the world had of her. And so it just makes it all the more genius to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was like a curveball. You yeah, know, I think nobody was nobody was expecting that album. Nobody was expecting that direction. Yeah, uh, and I love that. I actually really love how she's just brought out some albums with no prior publicity and no no warning, no like nothing, no hint, nothing at all, uh, and just drop them on us like and. Uh, I love that because it, it's like almost like the creative processes are like a secret. Like nobody knows what, what I'm doing. Nobody knows what I'm making. Nobody knows what my, what's going on with me. Uh, and I'm making this really exciting stuff and nobody knows. And now I'm just going to drop it on you. <laughs> it's just, right. I, I just love that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, not many people do that. Time, right. And I just felt like the time that it was with the pandemic and, People just, I think everybody has just hit this wall, you know? And so to be able to escape into her music for me was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, all the same. It, that that album, I've listened to, to that album, Folklore especially, um, so many times now. There's so many great songs on there. Um which some of which were quite felt quite personal to me and my own journey as well. Um, um, the duet, um, God, my mind's gone blank. The name of the song, now. Exile. Exile. That's it. Exile. I mean, that song is one of my favourite songs of all time. 
Uh, and, and let's go to this too. Here's what I love. She writes these breakup songs now with her boyfriend after all this time, the media harassing her and making her have to feel bad for having ex-boyfriends. So now she's like, and writing songs about ex-boyfriends. So now she, it's like the ultimate clap back that, oh, okay, I can write best-selling Grammy-nominated songs with my boyfriend about ex-boyfriends. And it's just, that's what I'm saying. She's like such an ultimate feminist and genius that it just makes everything about her so much better for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that song, I mean, that song for me wasn't even about that was my deconstruction song almost. Mm. And it was like, it was like Bon Iver was kind of singing, was like, was the voice of, I guess, the institution of church and fundamentalism and all of that, even Jennifer's wow. And Taylor's was my voice. Like, and every time I listen to that song, I, I hear it that way. And it's, um, yeah, it's powerful. It's so powerful. Any particular uh, lines? In general, I, I really like uh, that connection to deconstructionism. Yeah, and I think it was. Um, I uh, I'm oh, I'm trying to think of the lyrics now. Um, I, I think I made so many signs. I left so many signs. I yeah. gave so many signs. Like when he's saying, "You didn't leave any signs. You didn't tell us. You didn't. You know." And she's like, I gave so many signs. I, I, I told you. Like, I showed this. I, you know, like, and I, and that's how I feel. It was like, you know, I, I leave. I kind of leave fundamentalism and, and all that stuff behind. And they're, and they're, and they're kind of curious as to why I've left. And I'm like, I didn't you see this coming? I was, <laughs> I was giving all the signs off. Right. This was happening. Like, um, yeah, um, and. That, just that note, the title exile, like feeling on the outside, like um, I think I've seen this. This I think I've seen this film before. That line was about going from like, am I going to go from one fundamentalism to another one, or am I going to go from uh, from fundamentalism completely? Like yeah, that's what I think. That's what it was. It was like I left one fundamentalism, and now I'm hearing this fundamentalism story again, and I'm not gonna, I'm not sticking around for it. Yeah. That was, uh, so that was what that song was for me. Um, yeah. One of yeah. my favorite lines, so I actually just showed this song in a class of mine because we were going through metaphor and the use of metaphor. And it, literally both of these two sister albums, the Folklore and the Evermore, are just filled with metaphor. I, I mean, even like there's like metaphors within the metaphor of the song um, on these albums. Like my tears ricochet, right? It's like a love song, but it's actually about her leaving Scott Borchetta and Big Machine Records, right? So it's like this metaphor that she uses of love to talk about business, really, and relationship. But then she puts it all these metaphors within that song. We should go to that one too, because that one has so many powerful. No, lines. I have so much to say about that song. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. But when you so one of my favorite lines in Exile that really I'm talking this I think shows the storytelling of her where she says. um, or no, Bon Iver says, I can see you stand, stand uh, standing there with your laughing, but the joke's not funny at all. And that yeah. line was like, oh, I mean, for me, it just hits you to the chest where you're trying to pretend like this is a good situation. And I'm ha look how happy I am. But you know that you're faking it. Right. Yeah. And that line for me was just so powerful because I think everybody's had a situation like that where you're just trying yeah. to hold it together and fake it and laugh like everything's fine, but you know that joke wasn't funny at all. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Just talking about it, it's quite emotional, that song. Yeah. I'm going to go and listen to this album when, when, we're, when we're finished recording. Like, no question. No question. Um, <laughs> um, but My Tears Ricochet, yeah, you're, you're right about that one. I, I, listen, I watched the documentary. And when Taylor's talking about the writing of this song, she's like talking, she says, she mentions like, like superhero stories where the hero and the villain are like start out as best friends yeah, and then end up as enemies. And I was like, and I mean, I couldn't think of anything, any other metaphor than um, Superman and, and Lex Luthor, because in if anyone who's watched the show Smallville, um, which is like Superman as like a, a teenager coming, becoming a young adult, young adult. Um, at the start of that, him and Lex Luthor are best friends. Like they're just buddies. Like they just hang out all the time. They're they're really close. They're like brothers, you know. And but by the end, they, they by the end of the by the end of the show, they hate each other. They they they're like you know sworn enemies. Um, and their relationship just falls apart over time. And uh, and she, I think she was talking about that that when she was writing the song. That um, yeah, and it's like them having. Is that song feel like them having a conversation? Almost. Um, and that line, you wear the same jewels that I gave you as you buried me. That is. Well, yeah. That is that line to me is so deep. And actually, when I first heard that song, I was just thinking about. Um, I actually connected it to like work and how you can give everything to your organization or company, and feel left with nothing at the end of the day. Right. And yet you have spent all your tears, your time, your energy trying to build something up and you just feel taken advantage of at the end of the day. And eventually you have to know when to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought of, um, and this is quite topical. I actually thought of, um, uh, of Harry and, uh, and William actually. Okay. Well, I, uh, especially the interview, the, the interview was the other day with Harry and Meghan with Oprah, and yeah. I was thinking when he when he was talking about his brother and all the lack of talking about his brother and how far apart they are. That um, you know they were they were really close once. They were you know they were like like always, always together doing everything, and now they're 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 completely distant. You know that line again. You wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury right. me. Kind of, like and she's and Megan's wearing jewels that she was given by the Queen, right? Or you know, right? As as, as she's getting like metaphorically buried, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's really it feels like it's about yeah, like those kind of relationships where betrayal, really right? Ones and, yeah, I mean that for me personally, I guess it was like the when I had my writing stolen by somebody who was a mentor, my ideas and everything were stolen and used to make profit and used to write books and courses and things um, behind my back. And this guy who I trusted and was a mentor, you know, became, you know, somebody I, I couldn't, I couldn't even talk to anymore, you know? Mm. Um, and, you know, it was a major trauma and yeah, so there's, there's um, that quote. line, that line again, is 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 like that. You know that I gave him all these ideas, right. like, uh, and then he buries me, like you know, with by using them to make a profit. Yeah, 
there's this quote um, by David Rico in the book, Daring to Trust. And he's talking about Dante. And he says, Dante puts Brutus and Judas in the lowest hell because betrayal is the worst of sins. And I wrote that line down as soon as I heard it, because I was like, wow, that is so powerful. And again, it brings me back to that song, My Tears Ricochet, like betrayal really, truly ricochets all over both parts of the relationship. Yeah, it does. It does. She's, yeah. And this is it, what we're talking about. Taylor understands all of this when she's writing because right. there's such attention to every lyric when she's writing. And like hearing her talk about the writing of this album and all the stories that go on in her head when she's writing these albums. There's another song where she was, I think it's Mirable, where she was actually, she actually had a, a visual image in her head of this Mirable. Yeah. And what this would look like and what this, this song was. She, she visualized it and saw the whole story in her head before she'd even written the song, you know, which is incredible, really. Um, and just shows you how much she thinks in story. And when, um, she, when she talked about Mirabal, so Mirabal was one of the songs I sometimes would skip past. I liked it, but I liked the other ones more. But then when I watched her explanation on the folklore documentary of Mirabal and talking about the pandemic and her not knowing what this was going to mean for her as an entertainer and trying to do anything to keep you looking at me and keep you laughing at me. And I was just like, oh, it was, it made it so much more personal I think into her life and so now I love that song because I feel like it just gives a really clear look into what she was feeling and how probably a lot of entertainers are feeling at the start of the pandemic not knowing what was going to come next yeah that's right yeah um that is a that is that's a really interesting song for, for that very reason you know that we connect with that story right because right. we know it's about their story we can connect with that we can connect with the emotion that they're talking about or the experience that they're talking about in some way, you know, and it may not be, it may be asked, our story might be completely different to Taylor's, but we've all, we've all had a shared experience of this pandemic and having to give things up and having right. to think about what our life is about. And so we can all connect with that on that level because, uh, I mean, yeah, the last 12 months have been a shared story in many ways. Right. So I was going to ask you, Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Taylor album? <laughs> and this is like, I lose sleep trying to think about, but which is my favorite? I have thought about this for a long time. I, I honestly can say that, um, that um, it's folklore. It's got to be. Okay. Um, there's so many good songs on that. There's so many good songs on that album and so many songs on that album which resonate with my story. I mean, it's very close because Evermore has a lot of songs that resonate with my story too, like Marjorie, um, the one about losing her grandmother. Um, yes. That was like, I, I, that was, I thought about my mum every time I hear that song. You know, I think and it's, it's, right. it's all about grief. It's all about losing somebody. It's all about, um, and not just, and of course we've all been through this collective grieving experience this year as well. And so I suppose that resonated for everybody, but for me, it was, yeah, it was very visceral about like almost me having a conversation with my mum and talking about my yeah. own grief. And so that was that was that song in particular on the album was, yeah, very very powerful. So that's a really close 
second. <laughs> yeah. But, um, um, but I think folklore, just because of the arc of that that album, the the way it's written, um, and some of the songs on there, like um, yeah, I've listened to it so many times. Like the last Great American Dynasty, I love that song so that much. Song is genius. I mean, she writes this autobiographical song and then puts herself in it, but it is just. A crazy, I've never heard anybody do a biographical song on somebody else's life on a house, right? It's like not even just the person, it's of the, the location. It's genius. You, if you are listening, you have to listen to that song. That is that to me shows one of her deepest forms of artistry. That song, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a story in itself. That song, yeah, I get lost in that. Every time I listen to that song, I get lost in that story. It's just. Yeah, it's even it even has the rhythm of a story, you know, that from right from the start, the little piano playing at the beginning, you know, it just kind of draws you in. Like um Yeah, it's and it's kind of almost hopeful in some ways in the tone. Oh yeah. And then to the to the yeah. ending with where she says, I had a marvelous time ruining everything. I mean, and then relates it to herself. Again, and again, there's it's like this anthem, I think of women too she she has this these hints of feminism throughout a lot of her songs mm. which i really appreciate because taylor is somebody who i think a lot of times people made fun of for like saying oh well she must be crazy right so then she writes blank space which is totally a song of her make saying i can make any bad guy good for a weekend like it's her making fun of the same things that the media and tabloids would publish articles about her for she controls the narrative and is like okay i'll tell this story myself i'm able to make fun of myself and i just think that that is so genius and then when she in this is it folklore it's on the folklore album um mad woman yes that song is so good. And she, every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. And she's talking about gaslighting, right? That we often do to people. And she owns it. And she and she says, what do you think is going to happen if you start calling me crazy? Of course, I'm going to act more crazy. It's just, I think it's so unique to see a woman be unapologetically themselves and say, I'm going to write about the things that matter to me. I'm going to write about the things that other people connect to. And you can, I mean, it connects also to the man, right? But that was on the Lover album. I mean, her just saying, if I was a man, I would be the man. And you guys can discredit me all you want, but I'm going to keep doing what I do best and and be who I know I am. And it's just, I love that about her. I think it's, I think she is such a good role model. She is. She's such a strong character. Yes. Uh, that comes through in her music. It comes through, it certainly came through in the documentaries that I've seen, the two documentaries that I've seen about her um that she was involved in you know um the netflix one and then um obviously the um the folklore one um, yeah i'm expecting an evermore one at some point <laughs> i hope so if we're not getting a tour i hope so but you know so my student who's also a huge um taylor swift fan her name's elise and she says you know don't view evermore and folklore as different albums because really they're a sister album it's like part one and part two yeah yeah, so are. we don't have to pick favorites because it's kind of the same stories continued on both. But I, after folklore, I just remember being like, I called my best friend Scarlett and I was like, she, how is she ever going to write another album? Because this was, I think her pinnacle work. This was 
the crowning jewel I thought of her career. It was just such good writing, such good storytelling, every single track. And then she came out with Evermore and I said, she's done it again. I could not believe that she was able to keep that same energy going with Evermore. And I actually think I skipped less songs on Evermore even than Folklore. I, I Evermore, oh, I can't, I think every single song I play all the way through. Oh, I did that for both. I played, both, played really? them both all the way through. Yeah. I play, I mean, I play Folklore all the way through a lot. I, I can put it on and just listen to it. It's just, and you're right, it is the absolute pinnacle. You know, it's, um, it's all those years of songwriting, all that experience, all the lessons, yeah. all the mistakes, all the, you know, um, all the things that she's learned um, and her own journey all kind of brought to a, a pinnacle moment. Um, and you're right, it is kind of one album in a way, in two parts. It's, yeah, um, which makes which makes it easy to make it my favourite, and <laughs> like both of them together. I've actually got a playlist right. that I created, which is which I called Folklore Evermore. Which is basically both albums running together, like one off the other. So, and and when you play it, it doesn't sound like two albums; it sounds like one. So it's. Um, so I have to yeah. ask you, favorite song on folklore? Uh, Exile for sure. Okay. Yeah, no question about that. Um, because of the the personal nature of it for me, uh, the emotional connection for me for my story. Um, but you know, Great American Dynasty is not far behind, and, yeah. uh, and My Tears Ricochet, and you know, Memorable. Those are the ones and we talked even, about. Even um, Illicit Affairs, I thought that song was genius too. It really drew me into the story that she was creating on Illicit Affairs. I thought that was a just a fantastically written song to get you to understand what those feelings and dynamics would be like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. That's not my favorite one on the album, but it is. I mean, the whole album's great. I mean, um, yeah. What about? I mean, what about you? I mean, I guess you've already hinted at it, but what's your favorite Taylor album and and song? I guess. Man, it's hard because it, I've been. Remember, I've been with every single album. I have owned a hard physical copy of every single Taylor Swift album ever. Um, so I really like, I will say my favorite song, I think, and I, I think these last two are phenomenal records. And so there's so many on there too, but I still think my absolute favorite Taylor Swift Tom song of all time is all too well. And it's from her red album. And that song, if you're familiar with it, just, I think was the, a huge turning point for her as a songwriter where people I think started to take her really seriously. That song was incredible. I mean, the line, and I always quote this to students, but where she says, you called me up again just to break me like a promise, casually cruel in the name of being honest. That line is fantastic. Oh, yeah. The metaphor, the imagery of people um, breaking us with every promise that they break is just, to me, it's so, so, so good. Yeah. All Too Well, I think, is probably one of the best songs she's ever written. And then I, I would say that Folklore and Evermore are the same vibes for me as All Too Well was. It's like that same, it's that same 
central Taylor theme and train of just great, really good imagery and storytelling that will draw you in. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, it's going to be really interesting to see what she does next, I think. And uh, so we were talking about that before, yeah, well, before we started recording. recording yeah. um, what could we, what, what, where will she go next? You know, what what are our hopes, James? What do you hope? I hope, I want to see her write a musical. Yes. Um, and the story, you know, not just the music, but a story. Um, which she would anyway. She wouldn't write a music for somebody else's story. Um, and then I'd like to see her write to write I'd like to see her write a novel and I'd like to see her write a memoir as well like tell her own story in written form um, rather than musical form because I just I want to see how her storytelling translates into different mediums I'm with That's you it's, when I watched Hamilton and I think that was like one of the greatest pieces of art I've ever seen yes. in my entire life Greatest story it. arcs, great character development. And I just thought, man, I would love to see Taylor Swift write a musical and tell stories and create characters like this. I thought that's what I would hope to see her do next. And I would also like you, I would love to see her write, I think, a fiction book. Of course, I'd buy a autobiography. I would love to read that. But I think her doing a fiction story would be, I'm curious if she, if it would just be this fantastic novel yeah i'm pretty sure it would i mean i, I was saying to you before like i were doing my preparation for this I, I found out that taylor had written a 350 page novel when she was 12 years old i mean who does that like nobody does that like i don't know anyone that does at 12 years old yeah um so she can clearly write um so yeah i'm sure she'll want to do that she explores her creative side uh, follows her curiosity because that's what she does you know which is this is why her music's so authentic because it's not it's not manufactured it's 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 true it's you know it's part of her it's part of her story uh it's part of her who she is which she's bringing forth into the world in this music that she's making and these stories that she's telling so anything that she makes is going to have that imbued with it imbued with it so yeah yeah, I'm excited to see where all that goes. We can't see what happens. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. She's probably working on something right now. And we have no idea what it is. Um, which, again, I love. She doesn't talk about what she's working on, like, ever, while she's working on it. She just... I mean, actually, I remember with Folklore, she said that she phoned the record company that with this, like, I've got this finished album, like, ready to go. A week before it was released, like a week. So, like, imagine you're in the record company and you're like, you know, whatever, just at work or something, and your phone goes off, and it's like Taylor Swift's like, "Oh, by the way, I've recorded an entire album and, and we've produced it and finished it, and it's ready to go. Um, when can you release it? <laughs> can you release it next week, please?" Like, I'm like, right, okay, um, yeah, yeah, incredible. So, yeah, I love that. I love that element of creativity where it's a secret. Almost, and um, and uh, and yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see where she goes and what she's working on now. And I think it shows also just 
how she's learned to live her life with so much public attention on her that she's developed this deep sense of secrecy, right? Even with her relationships now, because the media has been so fixated on her and waiting for her to mess up. So she's just really, you really saw that in the Miss Americana, this almost sense of loneliness you could kind of see through her life because of just all the attention that she's gotten and trying to figure out how do I balance this and maintain a healthy life with the relationships with people that I know in real life. Yeah, it was, it was real. That, that documentary actually almost made me sad because she just seemed so lonely a little bit. Right. She did. Yeah, she did. Um, And you could understand how the, yeah, all the media, when they, the things that they say and how that impacts her and her, her having to think about what people are going to think before she says something, before right. she posts something, right? I think there's one. I don't. I think it's that movie where there's a scene where she's about to post something significant on social media. Um, something. You know, I think it. Maybe it was. Maybe it was something about Hillary Clinton or something backing her in the presidency or whatever. Yeah, which is a big deal for for someone like Taylor Swift. And I remember she was sitting on the sofa and she posted it and just put her, threw her phone down and just like kid away almost like she like you know um because she it was because it was a really vulnerable moment and you know whenever you share something vulnerable uh it's there's always kind of a, a moment where you're you know where you need to be safe and where you where you're kind of a bit anxious right and for her that is that was a bit that was that is vulnerable for someone for us showing who we politically support isn't that big a deal for her it's a big deal and so um yeah, that moment was quite powerful actually. You know, that gosh, this is this this way of this she has to carry this around with her all the time. Right. And lucky that she has all these people around her that are good people that help her. You know, and now she's got a partner as well. When you see yes. that and you see him in the movie as well, which is fantastic, you know. Um, Barely. I wanted to see them more, but I understand. I understand the need to protect the relationship and the privacy because so many of her relationships haven't been protected at all. So that's right. Yeah. Um, that's right. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be a regular thing, didn't it? In the newspapers, what yeah. she don't know, you know, um, and that didn't really help her. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. And th- th- they've been together for a while now. And, yeah. And they'll probably get married and nobody will ever know. You know, that's now, I've been James, I've been thinking that too. I'm I mean, they could be married right now. We wouldn't know. She wouldn't tell us. No, we don't need to know. I mean, it's her, right. it's her it's her life, it's her decision. She doesn't need anybody else's approval, you know. Um Yeah. Um and yeah, it's uh this kind of desire to know every sort of detail about everybody who's famous, you know, it's not we don't. They're human beings. Uh, right. And, you know, they, they, they're entitled to their privacy. Um, they're entitled to have their own lives without us in, in knowing everything about them. Uh, especially nowadays with social media and mental health and all of that stuff. Right. You know, uh, the way some people get treated. Um, yeah, you, you can't blame you can't blame people for, for doing that. Um, so, yeah. Um, and it helps her to write better stories as well. As, you know, being keeping things private, keeping things hidden, just like she can focus on the art, right? She can focus on the stories, and um, 
I mean, for any artist, really. And okay, not many of us, not many of us are as famous as Taylor Swift, but for anyone who's creating anything, to do it in a way in your own space, in your own privacy, without too many people being aware of it, uh, and without any of the pressures of the the hustle or the whole social media or anything like that, is actually a real gift. Right. And I know a lot. Of, I know. I know writers who who do the same thing. They don't. They don't, um, in fact, they don't even read books when they're writing because they think, well, I don't want to be taking on anything or using energy to take stuff on when I'm focusing on creating things. Um, you know, and there's an element of like, yeah, you take time to conserve that energy for creativity. And then when it's ready to go, when you're ready to share it with the world, then you go and step out into the world again. And that's what, that's what Taylor does. And, you know, it's, um, it's the it's the best way to do it. Yeah, and it just keeps the authenticity of the moment I think that she's in with the stories that she's telling. Yeah, that's right. Um, what have you learned most about story from from Taylor and her work? I think I think that is probably the biggest thing that I've learned from her is her ability to be authentically who she is. I mean, the good and the bad, right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, she's willing to be honest about making fun of herself. She's willing to be honest about what's happening in her life, the parts that she likes and the parts that she... She's willing to be... I mean, even... Let's go back to even, like, a song, like, Back to December, which I think is on her Speak Now album, where she puts herself as the villain in that story and saying, if I, I go back to December all the time, if I could do this part again, I would have changed what I said to you. I would have changed how I handled that. And I love that about her. You know, she doesn't always have to be the hero and she's honest and authentic with who she is. And I just think that that's a really, that's something that I hope to take with me into my field of, of Christian writing and speaking is just that authenticity and it's okay to just be who you are and to share that with people and let the right people connect with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I love that. She, she, I think that's, that's why I started connecting with her work is because I value authenticity very highly. Um, it's even more so in creative work and, um, yeah, that, the album that I, when I first, really got in got into got into her you know reputation i felt i was really i felt she was starting to show us much more of of her in the album mm-hmm. um that's i think that's why i connected with it uh and i was and it aroused my curiosity and i think that's that's what great art should do it should make you curious what's this about what what's this story what what can i learn from this what's what's going on here yeah, you know, I want to find out more about this and more about this person as well. Right. right. Get invested in their story. Uh, and yeah, I think yeah, you're right. I mean her authenticity is is stands out, you know. Um her imagination. Yes. Her willingness to follow her curiosity, to listen to the stories in her head and to get them out there. That's inspiring to anyone who wants to, well, who wants to create art, but also who wants to create a great life. Because we're all telling stories with our lives. 
And, uh, and can I say something about her that this isn't about necessarily her art, but just how she's handled herself in success to be so committed to her fans as she has been. I think that, that just speaks volumes about her character and who she is. She had, I mean, you, you, when you see the threads on Reddit of fans that she sends a Christmas gift to, right? Or just combing through her hashtags and finding people who she, who love her and sending something to their house or inviting them to her house to listen to the album and let them be the first, the, the 50 biggest fans, let them be the first people who hear it. You don't see, I don't think artists interact with their fans in that way. And so I just think it really speaks to her appreciation for her fans and her integrity as a content creator to say, I get who has gotten me here and I won't stop opening myself up to you and being connected to you guys. And I, I appreciate it. And I just think that that's a beautiful trait to have when you're uber successful like she does, where she doesn't even need to do it anymore. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, I admire that. When, that. when you've had so much success that so basically you, you can retire and you don't need to worry, you don't even need to think about money anymore. It's not it's not even an issue anymore that, that you could just stop and go and live a quiet life and not make anything. Um, that she keeps going, that she keeps wanting to create things, that she keeps wanting to tell stories, that she that, that desire is still in her. That drive is still in her. That, that she's doing it. She's doing. She's not doing. It, she's not doing it for. She's not almost not doing it for a career anymore. She's doing it just because she. She loves making stuff. Um, right. She loves sharing with people. You know, and. Um, and that's really really amazing. So it should be. We should be making stuff because we love it and because it's in us. Yeah. And we have stories to tell, so let's just tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> this has been so good. I've really enjoyed this. Me too. Um, like, I love talking about story. I love talking about Taylor and that album, especially. You know, Evermore Folklore. Um, those two, love those. Um, so powerful for me personally, and I think for, I think they, I think those those albums got got through got a lot of people through last year. So, yeah. Um, yeah so. Uh, yeah, thanks for talking about this with me. It's been great. Yeah. And I think when I so when I drive home right now, I think I'm gonna play Reputation. I'm gonna go back to the Reputation album and listen to that one again because of your record. What's your favorite song on that album, by the way? Um Look What You Made Me Do. Really? Yeah. Tell me yeah. why now. I I resonated, but I kind of connected that connected with my adventurous side like 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 when she says um the old player can't come to the phone right now you know because she's dead it was like that was right that was really in the in the middle in the heat of that deconstruction moment for me like it's like oh i've changed i'm I'm, I'm i'm discovering who i really am and who i've been all along i'm discovering that person and it's not the person that you all thought i was right and and I'm coming, to, and then I suspect when I write the book that I'm working on, uh, whenever I write it and it eventually comes out, people will see will see um, how I've changed, and it may surprise them, and it may even surprise me when I write it. Um, right. So that may be my, yeah. Uh, so that's that song. That's why that song connects with me. I think. 
Yeah. My favorite song on Reputation is Call It What You Want To. I think that is a classic Taylor type song, but it also just shows like that in her worst moment with the media anyway, is where she actually found herself again and starts this new journey with her boyfriend. So I love that song, Call It What You Want To. And then New Year's Day. I love New Year's Day. Um, Please don't ever become a stranger whose laugh I could recognize anywhere. That line to me is gold. Mm, Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, I mean, again, that song, that album's got a lot of good songs on it. Yeah, it does. Um, So, um, yeah, I'll probably go and listen to that now as well. I think I'm going (laughs) to do that. And then listen to Folklore again. Yeah. (laughs) But now you, you, I'm telling you, you should go back to some of her older stuff and just see what you think. Go back to like a Speak Now. That was a really good album. Her Red album, 1989. These are, when I sometimes will go through. I've been 1989 before. Yeah, I like that one. How how many hits were like number one radio hits on 1989? It's like six, seven songs. It's crazy. Same with Red. I mean, there's only 12 songs or something on there. And half of them are like number ones on the radio. She is the best songwriter, I think, of our generation. Yeah, she is. I think that's that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, that's Yeah. And that's fun. And it's fantastic. And there's more to come. I mean, like, yeah, she's still very young. You know, yeah, she's still, I know. You know, early thirties. So, like, you know, the best is yet to come, really. Best to come, Taylor, <laughs> and we are here for it, Taylor Nation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, where can people follow you on social media? Oh, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Heather T, as in Thompson, Heather T Day D A Y, or um, on Instagram, Heather Thompson Day. Fantastic. Great. I would advise you to follow her. That she's so encouraging, wise, uh, and yeah, kind of an inspiration too. Uh, has lots of wisdom on story and lots of other things. So, um, thank you for coming on, Heather. I'm sure we'll have you back again sometime. So, uh, um, it's always a pleasure. So, uh, thanks and thanks for listening, everybody.